you should have two kids and then you should be done. You should have a boy and a girl and then you should be done. You know, like people have a hard time wrapping their heads around the fact that you might want to have three or four kids or more. Yeah. Have all the kids you want. Like you said, babies are the best. Babies are the best surprises and the best thing to have. I'm Danielle. Welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Caitlin on and she's going to be sharing her stories with us. Hey Caitlin, thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. So my name's Caitlin. I am 31 years old. Um, I live in southeastern Massachusetts, right on the Rhode Island border. Um, I have four children. I work as a nurse. I've done a variety of things with that over the years. Um, you know, everything. everything's really been acute care in the hospital, but I've done everything from med surge to even a little bit of uh, nursing in the maternity area. Um, I am married. My husband's name is Brandon and we have been together for, well, we've been together for about 10 years, married for seven. Um, and that's, that's the, the, a little bit about me. <laughs> Where do you like to think that your birth journey begins? Like, where were you first introduced to the idea of motherhood or birth? So, I actually, we got married, like I said, about seven, it was seven years ago. And I had just applied to and gotten, you know, an offer for a job on the maternity floor right, right before I found out that I was pregnant with my first um, like it was literally over the course of two weeks, I interviewed with the manager and they extended me the offer. And not two weeks later, I was home with a positive pregnancy test. <laughs> so oh, <wow. laughs> that's, that's probably where it all started for me. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was someone who, you know, always, I never really thought about my life as a mother, like prior to becoming pregnant, I knew that when we got married, we knew we wanted to have kids, but we hadn't talked about really how many or how soon after. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't think that I was called to be a mother until I was, you know, pregnant with my first, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how it goes for some people. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I hear people who say they, you know, they've always wanted to be a mom. And for me, I, I mean, I, I'm so blessed with, to have my children now, but thinking back to how I felt when I was holding that pregnancy test, I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're really, we're really doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how was that first pregnancy? How did that um, go? So the first pregnancy, all of my pregnancies really were mostly pretty good. Um, that first pregnancy, I remember being so, so tired, like just exhausted. Um, 
I didn't, I found out I was pregnant pretty early on. I want to say I was only about like five weeks when I found out I was pregnant. And what, what spurred me to take the test in the first place was I was like, why am I so tired? Like what, what is going on? And then I was like, oh my gosh, could it be? No way. Um, but I was very fortunate. I did my, didn't have any nausea. I was just exhausted. Um, super, super tired. And like physically, like my body, like my, my boobs hurt, (laughs) everything hurt. I just was Mm. really run down. Um, and then, you know, the pretty typical, second trimester, I started to feel better and I had more energy. Um, and then it was, I don't know, I don't know exactly when it, exactly when it was, but somewhere around like 32, 33 weeks with my first, um, I started to get swollen and I knew that that was a thing, you know, that happened, but like my hands were swollen, my feet were swollen, and the doctor was just like, you know, we'll keep an eye on things. It's, it can happen. It can be normal. But it was, it was shocking to me, um, especially like with my, you know, med- medical background. I was like, this mm-hmm. is not normal for a body my age to be this swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, like I said, I had been working um, on a maternity floor at the hospital. I was working overnights at that point and it was the week before he was born. I worked a night shift and I just, I felt like I just didn't feel good. Everything was swollen. I was gigantic and I just didn't feel well. So my mom was like, why don't we check your blood pressure? And my blood pressure when she checked it was like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was too high. It was like one forties, one fifties over a hundred. Um, And up until that point, at every doctor's check I'd had, there was no protein and my blood pressures had been fine. So I remember calling, it was like seven in the morning. I had just worked all night and I called my OB and she was like, "Um, if that's your blood pressure, you need to go to the hospital. (laughs) So Mm. they monitored me and they said, you know, we'll just, we'll keep an eye on things at this point. You don't have any protein. They weren't really super concerned about preeclampsia at this point. Um, but I was 36 weeks and change and my son ended up being born on a mo- on Monday, but on Friday I was in the office with my OB pressure was still high. And she said that they were, they were going to call it gestational hypertension at that point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she sent me home on a Friday and she said, you know, go home, take the weekend, try and relax, put your feet up, don't do anything crazy. And she said, if your blood pressure is still high when you come in next week, we're going to have to talk about induction because at that point I would have been 37 weeks. So, you know, I just went home. We finished up the nursery. Like we like finished hanging the curtains and putting everything together and tried to, tried to relax, even though I was completely beside myself at the thought of being induced and, you know, your, your picture perfect birth that you've imagined Mm -hmm. and the whole Mm -hmm. thing, it's like crumbling before my eyes. I was like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Um, I'm supposed to be beautiful. Why am I so swollen? (laughs) My blood pressure is high and I'm beside myself. Um, so the, uh, the, my appointment with my OB was scheduled for like, I don't know, like 11 o'clock on that Monday. 
and it was the day I turned 37 weeks and I went, I got breakfast with my mother and I was, you know, just clucking around all, all anxious about, am I going to be induced? Like, is she going to send me straight to the hospital? What's going on? I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't good for my blood pressure, mm, <laughs> but, but um, if, so, you know, my mom's like, just relax. We'll see how things go. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm home waiting for it to be time to leave for my appointment. And I'm in his nursery, like, you know, tinkering with this and that. And my water breaks, <laughs> like, mm. like something out of a movie. Like there was no question about it. It was, you know, it was not a trickle. It was a gush. And I was completely caught off guard. Like I just, I mean, I don't think you ever expect it to happen, yeah. but um, I was completely like beside myself. I was running around the house trying to find my phone. Of course, I couldn't find my phone to call anyone. And it was just, that was it. 37 weeks. You know, the doctor was like, we're going to talk about induction. And he was like, no, fine. I'll come. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, you know, went to the hospital and my mom and my husband were with me at the hospital. I, my water broke. Like I said, it was around, I think it was around 1130 in the morning. Um, by, 12 31 o'clock I was in the triage area at the hospital and I was starting to have contractions um with him being my first I was I wasn't really sure what I wanted um I wasn't hard set on going naturally I wasn't hard set on having an epidural I pretty much was just like I'll see how it feels mm -hmm. and go from there like I didn't have a have a definite a picture in mind as far as that went but um, when I got to the hospital and the contractions really started picking up, I just, I was down in the triage area and the hospital I, that we delivered at, it's called women and infants. They like strictly, it's strictly, you know, women in labor, like pregnancy, maternity, those kinds of things. So the ER is just pregnant women, like, you know, or OB stuff. So I was in the tree, in the triage and I looked up, I remember I'm looking up at the the monitor and you can see all of the the strips of the women in labor their contractions and the heart rates and there were like i don't know 10 of them up on the screen and i was like oh my god which one of those is me <laughs> like what's going on and i was so uncomfortable and i asked the um the resident who came in i was like so when am i going to go to like the labor and delivery floor and like have this baby and she was like well it's really busy we've got to wait for a room to open up and i was like oh my god <laughs> what if what if I need to stay down here in the emergency room I was like can I have an epidural down here and she was like no we don't do that down here I was like what like it's just not an option like it seems so crazy to me um but fortunately for me something opened up on the labor and delivery floor um and I got up there and they checked me I was like eight centimeters dilated and at that moment wow. I decided I did I did in fact want the epidural I was like okay like um, I didn't want to slow things down by getting the epidural if I was like three centimeters dilated, but the doctor was like, yeah, you're at like an eight. And I was like, okay, nope, I definitely want the epidural. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it now. Um, and it was, it was great. It was wonderful. Um, you know, after the epidural, you know, it could, there was no more pain. I could feel the contractions. I could still mostly move my legs pretty well. Like Oh, I would wow. say, I would say I had a very good epidural. Yeah, um, sounds like and, it. And then I just, 
relaxed. Like I was able to like get a little nap and, uh, uh, you know, I think it was, I don't remember exactly what time, but I just remember I was like in and out of sleeping and a nurse came in and she was like, it's time to push. And I was like, you don't need to check. And she was like, nope, <laughs> it's time to go. You're ready. And, um, probably pushed for about 40 minutes or so with him. Um, and that was it. Then he, he was out in the world and just, you know, I was, it was just so, so amazing to have the whole thing happen that quickly. I was prepared for things to be like a little bit longer, but I think from the time my water broke to the time he was born was like just about nine hours. And wow. it was, everything went really well, all things considered. Um, and then, you know, we stayed in the hospital for two days and he was, thank goodness, even though he was just 37 weeks, he was healthy. He didn't have any issues. We were very fortunate there. Mm -hmm. Wow. So did you have any of the blood pressure issues like during your labor? Like, was it still high or? Yes. Did so my blood resolve then? No, it was, it was high while I was in labor, especially before I had the epidural when I was in a lot of pain. Um, mm -hmm. I, they were, they get, did have to give me some IV medication to control the blood pressure while I was in labor. Mm -hmm. And then even after he was born, I went home on um, a blood pressure pill, like the same blood pressure pill my dad takes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I ended up having to take that for about, I think it was six weeks postpartum. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. And they really yeah. didn't, there was never really a good explanation about like what caused that, where it came from, mm -hmm. um, which was weird to me, but it was, it, it lingered after he was born. Yeah. Wow. So with the, um, I'm kind of backtracking, um, that you said with the pushing or when you were pushing, could you like feel the urge to push or did you not experience that? So I couldn't feel that I didn't have an urge to push. Um, I think that she could just tell based off of his heart rate tracing that his head was, yeah. was coming down. But, um, I could feel, I could feel pressure, but not pain. And I definitely didn't have an urge to push, but when I, when I did push, I had less pressure, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, so it felt good to push and it felt like it felt like the right thing to do, mm -hmm. um, you know, because it relieved that pressure, but I definitely wasn't feeling like I had to do it. Yeah. 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 I know. It's so weird with the epidural, like how, because I've only had one and it feels like, I don't know. It was like, I could tell when I was having the contractions, Yeah. but then they were telling me to push. It wasn't like I felt like I needed to push, but then my baby came out and like, 15 minutes. So it was yeah. like, obviously baby was right there, ready to come yep. out. And like, yeah, it's, it's so strange. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's very, yeah. very weird. So did you have anything? So how was your immediate postpartum with that first, first birth? Um, it was, I remember it was really, I was shocked by how much like your body hurts afterwards, like how, uh -huh. how sore and painful <laughs> everything is. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then just the whole breath, everything, breastfeeding, like all of it. I just remember thinking, I'm a nurse who has worked on a maternity floor and it, this is hitting me like a Mack truck. Like I was completely mm -hmm. taken, taken aback by the whole thing. And I was like, I don't know how people without 
any of the training that I have cope with this. <laughs> um, and then he, all of my children had tongue, ended up with tongue and lip ties, but with him, he was my first and I'd never breastfed before. And I didn't really know what was like, what feelings were normal and not normal. And I just remember being in the hospital. We were so, so tired trying to feed him and it hurt so much and the lactation consultants and the nurses and everyone was trying to help. Everyone had a different piece of advice. None of them had, you know, said anything about him potentially having a tongue or lip tie. And it was just, it'll get better. It'll be okay. And I I was like, this is just not, this is just not doable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole, the whole entire thing. I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> like this can't be how it's supposed to be by the time we left. I honestly, like, I mean, like blisters and bleeding and so, so bad. I remember, like, I remember being home the first day dreading the three hour mark because I was like, I'm going to have to feed him again. Yeah. (laughs) This is, it was, it was really very, very painful. Um, And it probably, and then at that point we did start using like the nipple shields and that helped a bit. We were able to get through, but. I want to say he was probably three weeks old when um, his pediatrician, because we were having weight gain issues. So I was like, you know, back to the pediatrician's office over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I I saw a pediatrician who we didn't normally see. And she was like, you know, it might be worth uh, having his mouth looked at by it, by someone like, you know, he, he definitely has some, some tension in there. He might have some ties. And I was like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Um, we made our way to an ENT and they cut the tongue tie and it was like night and day, Wow. you know, I, I it, I mean, we still struggled. <laughs> we still struggled quite a bit. The ENT only did his tongue tie, but it helped like so, so much. Um, it took a long time for everything to, to heal and to stop using the nipple shields, but eventually it all worked its way out. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy to think back on. I just remember feeling so scared to take him home. Like I was like, I, he's my, he's our responsibility. Like me and my husband, that's it. There's not going to be any backup. It's just us, (laughs) you know? And it's, it's funny now looking, looking back on how, how I felt, but I remember like putting him in the car seat to leave and like me and my husband were like, like I said, so like bleary eyed and exhausted and Mm -hmm. like looking at each other and him with him in the car seat going, all right, this is it. (laughs) This is is all on us now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. It's so wild when you become a mom for the first time and it's like, Oh my gosh, like they're letting me take this baby home. Are yeah. you sure? <laughs> yeah. And I like Yeah. And I remember like like I said, I'd said to my husband, I was like, I feel so qualified to take care of a newborn, but also so unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> like I I have all of the training and experience in the hospital and like I can help people do this, but like I can't believe that I have to do it. <laughs> How yeah, am I gonna do funny. it? You know? Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So how was your like postpartum once you got home? Obviously you dealt with the the breastfeeding issues until you got the tie revised. Did you have mm-hmm. any like postpartum depression or anxiety, anything like that? 
So I never had any diagnosed anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think looking back that I probably had some postpartum anxiety. Um, Like I said, nothing ever diagnosed. And I feel like I always just, I've I've always had more of an anxious type of a personality, just like Mm -hmm. generally. Um, You know, like I want to plan things and do things just so and that, that kind of personality. And that doesn't always work with children and babies. Um, so I, I do think that I probably did have some postpartum anxiety, but I was, for a variety of reasons, I never mentioned it to anyone. And I just continued on and eventually, <laughs> you know, moved through it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so common to just kind of like power through. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, that's just how we are. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Like, you just, you know, and I I don't know why exactly that is. I have a very, very supportive husband and I have a very supportive family. And had I said to anyone, you know, I I think I'm having some issues. Like, just like that, I'm sure I would have had all the support I could have ever wanted. But I just, I dealt with it. I, I think I, I think at that time I was just like, this is how it is, you know? Yep. Like, this is parenthood and this is having a baby and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's totally normal mm-hmm. <laughs> and like super common. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, even if you don't like necessarily want to go in and like get like a quote unquote diagnosis and like get on medication or, you know, not, not every, everyone needs all of that, but like, there are sometimes like just natural supplements that you can help to take to just kind of like calm you a little bit or, you know, to kind of like help you through that if it's not something that's like, you know, super intense to where you actually need like further treatment or whatever. Right. But it's, yeah, I don't think it ever hurts to kind of look into those things during that time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's so, like, it's so sad that we just kind of like suck it up and, like, I don't want to say suffer because that's an intense word, but mm-hmm. suffer through it, you know? But, but that's exactly what we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yep. we Ugh. just, we just take it all on and mm-hmm. muddle through until, I mean, things either get better or get worse. And I was lucky that they got better, you know? Yeah, yeah that's a blessing. Yeah. So how long after your first birth did you get pregnant for the second time? So... We knew right after he was born, we're definitely going to have another one. Um, We waited until after he was, I think, I want to say he was like 13 or 14 months old when we were like, when we finally like had the conversation, like, so when are we going to do this? Um, Mm -hmm. And we, we got pregnant with our second, he was just 18 months old. Um, Or that's when I found out I was pregnant. Um, so they, he was born in September of 2016 and our second ended up being born in September of 2018. So they're exactly two years apart. Um, but he was, he was, a you know, he was a planned baby and we found out he was a boy at 20 weeks and she was a planned pregnancy and we found out that she was a girl at 20 weeks and it was 
it was like, you know, at that point, everyone's like, oh, you've got the perfect family. I just remember so many people saying that to me when I was pregnant with my second and we found out she was a girl. They were like, they were like, look at that. You've got the perfect family, a boy and a girl. And I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. But um, she again, you know, I had a I had a very good pregnancy with her, I would say. Um, After the first I feel like you're just more in tune with your body and how things are mm-hmm. feeling. So like I, I was, I think exactly four weeks pregnant when I found out I was pregnant with her. It was like, I, as soon as I feel like as soon as I was pregnant, I was like, I could tell, you know? Yeah. Um, so we knew, we knew with her very early on. Um, again, probably my, my, my primary complaint pregnancy symptom for her was the feeling so tired. And then of course, at that point you have a toddler, so (laughs) you don't get to nap and rest like, like you did before. Mm -hmm. Um, I had had a, a job change at this point also. And so instead of working the night shifts, I was working evening shifts. Uh, It worked, it worked out better for us, you know, childcare wise at that point. So my husband would work the day shift and I would work three to 11 and um our son thank goodness slept pretty well but it it meant that we were not i wasn't sleeping a ton <laughs> just mm-hmm. because he was he was up every day you know by 7 yeah. so just the tiredness i think with that second pregnancy um and i do remember they were my ob was much more um aware of like the blood pressures and the monitoring and i remember her saying that they were just going to keep a closer eye on that the second time around. She said it was more common for it to happen the first time, but that it could recur. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, but with her, it, it definitely was different. I, you know, had felt great my second trimester. And then with her, really, I felt great my third trimester too. Like you get to be, you get to be big, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it, it is what it is, but, I remember the weeks ticking by and like 33 weeks, 34 weeks, 35 weeks. And I was like, my wedding ring still fits. I can get my shoes on. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is like, it was a totally different experience than the first pregnancy because I was so, I like everything was so swollen. Um, But with her, I really, I really felt great the whole way through. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's how I felt with my last one. Like it was so, unique. I mean, I had like, like the normal, like aches and pains, I guess, like mm-hmm. my hips and you know, all that. But like, for the most part, it was like, I felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just love, love experiencing a pregnancy like that. That's like, yes. Yeah. And it was, it so was nice. great. You know, like mm-hmm. you just get to enjoy for the most part, yeah. enjoy all of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Nope. So do you didn't deal with the blood pressure issues this time or did you again? Nope. No blood pressure issues. Everything was perfectly normal and healthy. Um, you know, no, no red flags at all. They were watching everything pretty closely. Um, and she was 38 weeks and some number of days <laughs> when she ended up being born. Yeah. Um, so she was born on on a Tuesday in the morning at like 8am. And I 
had worked the evening shift. So three to 11 on Sunday. So I got home. I remember I, it was a rough day at work and I got home at like one in the morning on Monday. Um, my son woke up at six and then I had an OB appointment. Like I had my, I think it was my 38 week appointment that day in the morning. And then my son, cause it was September. He had just turned two. It was like his birthday too. Um, he had his doctor's appointment. So we went to the OB, we went to his doctor's office. He ended up having to have his, some blood work done. Um, so like ran around like crazy all day on five hours of sleep. <laughs> and then I got home that evening and like, we were, you know, eat dinner and we're getting him ready for bed. And I was having, I was uncomfortable, but I didn't want to like say anything and like, you know, jinx it <laughs> or, or like tip my husband off. So I was like, I'm just going to ignore it. And I'm going to go to bed. Like I'm too tired to do this right now. Um, and I tried to go to sleep and could not sleep. I was too uncomfortable, but it's very weird. And I, I, with all of my pregnancies, all of my going into labors, I was never really sure, like until it was rip roaring. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, even with my, like my first, I was in the hospital the whole time, but like my water broke. So I was like, okay, time to go to the hospital. My water broke. This is definitely going to happen. But with her, my water didn't break. I was just at home and I was like crampy, but the contractions weren't so terrible that I was like doubled over or, you know, I, so I was like, do I call? Do I not call? I don't know. And then it was the middle of the night. So I'm, it's like, it's like one in the morning. And I was like, I don't want to wake my parents up to come over and watch our son and then go to the hospital and have them have it not be labor. So I just remember I was walking around the house. My husband was sleeping. Our son was sleeping and I was downstairs like, I don't know, do I have an upset stomach or am I in labor? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was probably, it was probably like just about two in the morning when I finally was like, "Mm, you know what? Even if I look stupid, I'm just going to go in. (laughs) I'm just going to go in and get this checked out because I'm too uncomfortable to sleep and I'm so tired at this point. So we called my mom. Um, we're very lucky to be practically neighbors with my mother. So she came over and my husband and I went to the hospital and again, we're there in the triage area and they were like, Oh yeah, you're like six centimeters dilated. You're definitely in labor. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I made a good call, I guess. Um, and again, I was able to have my husband and my mom after, after we got the official, yes, you're in labor. Um, I called my mom and she traded traded off with my dad so that she could come to be in the hospital with us while we were there, which was, was great. It was great to have her and my husband there for sure. Um, I don't remember how far along I ended up being by the time I got my epidural that time, but um, I did get my epidural and then th- they ruptured my membranes after I had my epidural and things moved relatively quickly along at that point. Um, with her, I remember, you know, everyone's like your second, second, third, fourth, you know, your every baby you have, you things move along more quickly and the pushing will be easier. And so my son, I pushed for 40 minutes, which everyone was like, that's great. You know, 
for your first baby. That's awesome. And so when it was time to push, I was with her with the epidural. With my second with the epidural, I definitely was more uncomfortable. Um, just like generally, like all around. Like I felt like I could feel pressure in the front. I could feel pressure in my back. Mm. And when they told me I was fully dilated and we could start, we should start pushing. Um, I remember like pushing and pushing and pushing. And I was like looking at the nurse and I was like, what is happening? Like, why isn't this baby coming out? People told me this was going to be easier (laughs) this time. (laughs) And this does not feel easier to me. And I don't remember the nurse's name. She was very sweet and kind. And she was like, it's okay. You know, sometimes this is what happens. Like, it's all right. You're doing what you need to do. And I was turning and pushing on this side and that side. And she was doing all kinds of things with my legs. And um, I pushed for like almost an hour and a half before she finally came out. But she was, um, she was OP. She was direct Mm. posterior, totally sunny side up. And she ended up being my biggest baby. She was eight pounds, eight pounds, eight ounces. Um, So she did not come out easily. Um, and I, I had, I had a, I think it was a, uh, stage two tear, um, which I hadn't, I think I had had like just, just a one with my first. And so like, you know, it was uncomfortable, but I had a more significant tear this time around. Um, and I pushed for such a long time that I remember I was way, way more uncomfortable after she was born than the first Mm -hmm. time around. Um, Yeah, I've had a second degree tear too, so I know how that yeah. feels. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. No, and I just and like I remember, you know, you get up out of bed for the first time afterwards, and I was like, "This is so like my my muscles, my whole body, like head to toe, everything hurt." I like couldn't stand up straight because all of my muscles were so sore mm. from pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah, I bet. And, and then like, you know, the first time you go to the bathroom, I was like, what the heck happened down there? Like Mm -hmm. this, this is just, oh, it was awful. It was so rough. Um, and, and yeah, I, that, that, that's all I remember about the immediate postpartum with her was just being like, this is so much worse than it was the first time. And again, she, she had, we had the same breastfeeding issues Except this time, the very first time I put her on, I was like, yeah, she has a tongue and a lip tie. (laughs) So, so knowing what, what that was right off the jump, I remember like being in the hospital again, my nipples were, my poor nipples were, were (laughs) like bleeding and blistered and it was, and it was awful, but I knew what the problem was, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I remember the nurses and pediatrician were like, I don't know. I don't really see, you know, a whole heck of a lot going on in there. And I was like, yeah, well, you put your nipple in her mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you don't think you see it. I'm glad you don't think you see anything going on in there. So why yeah. don't you try and feed her? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, so were you able to get that one revised pretty quickly then? Yes. Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember how... I found the resources. I think I was in, I was in like a face, a Facebook group 
um, a breastfeeding Facebook group. And somebody during that second pregnancy, I saw them mention that they had their tongue and lip tie revised by a pediatric dentist. And I was like, what is that? What do you mean? A dentist for a baby? Like, I remember thinking that's so weird. Um, but I investigated it and I researched it more while I was still pregnant with her. And I ended up finding a pediatric dentist in my area who did, uh, I, I'm going to friend, 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 friendectomies. I'm screwing that up for sure. Frenulectomies yeah, where like they, yep. yeah. <laughs> and so the pediatric dentist has a laser that they use to cut the frenulums instead of like actually snipping it with like a, an instrument, which is what the ENT did. So mm-hmm. she was, I think, three weeks old when we went to the pediatric dentist and he's, you know, looked, he evaluated her mouth and he was like, she for sure has a tongue tie and she for sure has a lip tie. And that's why you're having all this pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did the little laser treatments on the lip and the tongue. And she was again, like it was like night and day, like right after it was released, it was so much better. Um, the pediatric dentist also recommended, um, craniosacral therapies. So Mm -hmm. she ended up seeing a chiropractor after she had the tongue tie and lip tie released because apparently the two can go hand in hand. There's tension in their body from the tension in the ties and, it, it all, it all recovered much more quickly with her, um, Mm -hmm. than it did with my son. Like I was, I would say my, I would say with my son that breastfeeding was a constant struggle for probably the first like eight weeks of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, and with her, it was much, much quicker than that, that we got a hold of things and that everything felt better. Yeah. That's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's cool that they knew, like had the, the knowledge to recommend the chiropractor as well, you know, Mm -hmm. to kind of make that even better, like an even better process. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's just so right. And like, I, I was like, I don't like, I, I just, it was so also new to me. I was like, I don't know how people find out about this stuff, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, like, I just remember thinking like, I'm going to take my baby to a dentist and a chiropractor. This just right. sounds, this sounds very weird to me. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is accurate, but it all worked out very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I know it's, it's funny that like, it seems that there's at least to me, maybe just cause I'm in the birth world and I hear so many birth stories. I just know like it's a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I just hear about them so often to me, it's kind of like, okay, why, why aren't like pediatricians like more aware of this or like, yeah. more, you know, in tune to it? Cause it seems like by now they would know. And I know that some are like, I know one of my friends got her son's, um, lip tie snipped out the pe- pediatri- pediatrician. So I know some do, but like, it seems like it would be more common than, yeah than it is, I guess. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I think some pediatricians are like of the mindset that they don't need to be treated, that they're not, Mm. they don't cause problems and that as long as the baby gains weight, there's, they're not an issue. And I, I, like I said, with my son, we, we saw the, I saw the pediatrician like nine times in the first three weeks (laughs) and it took, it took 
four or five different pediatricians before someone said to me, Hey, you should look into this. Like I it's, it's, it, it is, it is interesting that it's not more across the board. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that even like lactation consultants in the hospital, they're not able to diagnose it because it's a medical condition. So your lactation consultant oh. can't tell you that they have a tongue tie if they, even if they think it, because a pediatrician needs to make that diagnosis. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that they could tell you like, oh, it looks like this and whatever. Yeah. Or I think wow, that, you know, they can, they, they can tell you it looks this way, but, okay. but I think that I, I, I remember the, the lactation consultant telling me something like along those lines that she could not officially say that there was a tongue tie because she's not, okay. a, you know, not a doctor. And I was like, gotcha. well, that's crazy. Cause, <laughs> cause it is. Yeah. You're the breastfeeding expert. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. You're the breastfeeding expert. Why can't you tell me what it is? Yeah. Oh man. It's all just to cover their butts in case I guess exactly. something were to not <laughs> yeah. be or whatever. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's silly. Man. Mm -hmm. So how is your uh, mental health after that second baby? Did you have um, a good adjustment and stuff? Yes. I think, I mean, one to two definitely is, is a, a big adjustment, but I think for me personally, zero to one was like, you know, it just, it completely flips your world over. Yeah. Um, it changes everything. And for me, for me, one to two, while it was definitely not easy, it wasn't as hard as it was the first time around. Um, yeah. once we got home, my son who was, had just turned two, he, he, you know, he walked over, he looked at her, he was like, Oh, cool, a baby. And that was it. <laughs> like he was, he, he was like, all right, that's fine. Like there, we didn't have any issues with him adjusting and, you know, having some experience under your belt, you like, I felt much better about feeding the baby and keeping the baby alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do think I had a much mentally, I had a much easier postpartum period with my second for sure. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And I mean, it probably makes sense because when you have your first baby, that is such like a life changing thing. Like you, like everything changes. You can't just, you know, take a shower anymore. You yeah. can't, you know, simple things like, oh, you're starving hungry, but you're stuck on the couch feeding, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, you can't just do all these things so freely like you used to be able to. So like when the second one comes along, it's kind of like, oh, I already know that I'm going to be stuck on the couch or I already know, like, I may not get to shower today, <laughs> you know? So right. it's just kind of like, you're already used to those things. And yep. yeah, so that makes yeah. a lot of sense that it, I remember, um, like, you know, easier. saying, saying to my husband I, with zero, zero to one, I felt like it was like the earth's axis, like tilted. Like I was like, <laughs> all of a sudden it was spinning in the opposite direction <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was like trying to catch up and trying to figure it out and then you know the second time around it definitely changes things but you know what you're doing yep. a little bit you've yep. got a better idea of what's going on and you know you're you're like all right I can do this I already did it yeah. once <laughs> yep totally you're just kind of juggling a little bit more than <laughs> then right you just have yeah. to learn how to balance things a little differently yeah exactly so do you have anything else from the second time you want to share or do you want to move on to your third um i think that's probably it for her she was yeah <laughs> she mm -hmm. she fit right in yeah 
Mm. And actually, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that I had mentioned it to you in the, in the little synopsis that between three and four, between two and three that we had a miscarriage. Okay. So she, like I said, we had the first two exactly two years apart and everyone tells you, you know, you have the perfect family and I have, you have a boy and a girl and what else is there? And, um, my husband was very much on the fence about continuing at that point. Um, we, I would like, you know, bring it up in a joking kind of way here and there, like just to put the feelers out about having a third mm-hmm. one. And he yeah. was like, um, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you really want to have another baby? And I was like, yeah, like, I think that I don't feel like we're done. You know, I think, I think we could have more kids. And he was totally on the fence about it. We ended up like shelving the, the whole conversation until like, I don't remember how old our second was at this point, but he was like, can we not talk about it again until after her first birthday? <laughs> and I was like, all right, whatever, you know, if, if you need, we will, we'll, we'll readdress it come, come a later date. And I think he was hoping that I would change my mind <laughs> or, or that I would feel differently about it once we got to that point. But I didn't. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we, we shelved the idea and didn't really talk about it a whole heck of a lot um, until she was, oh, she was over a year old. She was probably a year and a half old when we started to really talk about it again. Um, and at that point, it was January of 2020. So it was right before, right before the world ended. Yes. Um, and it was, he, at this point, at this point, his brother was expecting a baby and they ended up having the baby in May. And I remember we went to go meet the baby and he held the baby and we left and he was like, all right, we, we could have another one. (laughs) Um, and so we pretty quickly thereafter, you know, stopped trying not to. And I found out that I was pregnant again in July of 2020. Um, we were, you know, we were super excited and looking forward to it. Um, and this pregnancy, I got a home pregnancy, te- a positive home pregnancy test. I did what I always did, which was call my OB and got set up for the first appointment Um, And when I went for that first appointment, my OB basically said that my, my levels, they checked an HCG and she said um, that they hadn't quite doubled in the period of time that they expected them to. And I was just like, that's weird. Like, why would that happen? And she, she basically said, we'll just keep an eye on it. You know, she didn't really give me any any clear explanation, but I remember like leaving thinking like, Ooh, that's weird. You know, this this has never happened before. And she just said, you know, we'll schedule you for your, a a first ultrasound on this date in August. And about three or four days before I was scheduled to have my first ultrasound, um, I ended up, I was at home with the two kids and I started bleeding and I called the on-call and I was like, what do I do? And they said, come into the, um, the women and infants emergency room and we will 
you know, check things out and see what's going on. And again, it was 2020. So I had to go to the emergency room by myself. Um, I couldn't have my husband come with me. And they did an ultrasound while I was there. And there was, um, they could see the, they could see the baby and that there were things in there, but there was nothing, there was nothing that made them think it was, it was viable. There was no heartbeat. Um, and they, they sent me home to complete that process on my own, um, which I did. And it was, thankfully it was, it was uncomplicated. Um, and they gave us the go ahead to try again as soon as I'd had a period after that, but it was, it was difficult. I think that the hardest thing was just that it was during COVID and I was, I remember like sitting in the, in the hot, in the ER, I was on my stretcher with my Johnny all by myself Aww. and they were like, yeah, you know, the, the person comes in and basically from the doorway with a mask on says, yeah, you're having a miscarriage. Like that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awful. And the, and then plus to have to like go through it alone too. And yeah. Then, like, ugh, I hate yep. that. Yep. I hate that so many people had to experience stuff like that during that time. Yeah, it was just it was wild. And like I said, I I remember I was like, can I ha- can my husband come? Like while I was sitting around waiting for the, um, waiting to have the ultrasound, I was like, can he just like come and like sit with me? And they're like, no, nope. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. And I mean, I understand from, you know, a medical perspective and hindsight and the whole thing. But in the moment, it was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I, yeah, I always felt like they should have made exceptions for, you know, cases like that. And I don't know. It, yeah, it just, yeah, that. yeah it was, Some it was unfortunate to... for sure. Yeah. But, Ugh. and this, especially where, you know, it was, it was such a such a wanted pregnancy like for me like I said I'd been I'd been like trying to get him on board for such a long time and then we were really lucky that we got pregnant right away but Mm -hmm. obviously it wasn't meant to be um but yeah so that was that set us set us back a little bit yeah so how long after that loss did you conceive again um so we ended up finding out that we were pregnant again in November of that year, um, early in November. And we had, uh, we ended up being able to share with our family and stuff like the timing, the timing of the pregnancy. We, we ended up being able to tell everyone that we were expecting, um, right around Christmas time. It was, it was all very, it was very nice, you know, and we were so excited to find out that we were having a, having another baby. Um, and at that point, our older kids were three and no, am I doing that wrong? Let me think. <laughs> I can't even do the math, but you know, the kids were old enough that our, our oldest was aware. He was like another baby, <laughs> like another <Yeah>. one. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we were all, we were very excited to find out we were having a third. Yeah, it's always, always like a blessing to, you know, find out that like after a loss, you know, you're having another baby, but did you deal with any of like that pregnancy after loss anxiety? Oh my gosh, stuff? for like, sure. 
Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. crazy. So with my, my first two, you know, like you're aware of all of the things you're feeling in your body, but it's, it's definitely different after having had a loss. Um, you know, I didn't worry. I didn't worry endlessly during my first two pregnancies. I feel like the entire time I was pregnant after, after having had the miscarriage until all the way up until I could feel that baby moving every single day, I was always like, Oh my God, is it okay? What's going yeah. on? Uh-huh. You know, like the constant worry, worry and wonder and is everything all right in there? Are they growing okay? What if something goes wrong? Every time, every, I remember every time I went to the bathroom for the first 24 weeks, every single time I remember going to the bathroom and being like, is there going to be blood? Yep. Yep. I totally relate to that. (laughs) Yep. And I, I, after having had the loss, I, 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 when I, I was crippling anxiety until I could feel the baby moving to the point where I bought one of the home Dopplers to like hear the heart rate and be able to like reassure myself that there was a baby in there and that they were doing okay. Yeah. I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I have, I have one too. And now like, because I've had mis- a miscarriage, well, two miscarriages, it's like anytime I'm pregnant, I'm like, at the earliest that I can try to find that heartbeat, I'm like looking for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, it's crazy how it's just, it's like, you just don't trust that it's going to happen after it happens once, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and I always, you know, I like in talking to my husband and, and we, we never really like made a big announcement about having had a miscarriage. I think outside of my husband and like immediate close friends and my mom, like we didn't, you know, nobody really knew, but I remember saying to him, like, you know, when we got pregnant for the first time, it's like, oh, you're pregnant, you know, like, wow, great. It took a long time to adjust to it. And then the baby came. But after you've been pregnant and you've had a baby, I feel like the moment you find out you're pregnant, you you start like the wheels start turning and you imagine the person that mm-hmm. that, baby, that that is like the, you see the line on the pregnancy test and you like see them, you know, yeah. and you can feel feel what it feels like to hold them for the first time and you imagine who they're going to be and what they're going to grow into. And like, I feel like experiencing that loss definitely, I mean, it was an early loss. Like I said, everything thankfully was very, went very, you know, as smoothly as it could for me. Um, but it's definitely, it definitely rocks your world. And then, like I said, after afterwards, the anxiety of knowing like, this is a whole person, you know, it's a little boy or a little girl and they're going to smile at me a year from now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely, it definitely does a number on you. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely does. It's, it's so tough and I don't wish it upon anybody. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how did that pregnancy end up going? Did it go smoothly? Yeah, it did. So like I said, at this point we have a boy and a girl and so we found out we were pregnant and we decided not to find out what we were having, um, which, oh, it killed me. <laughs> it was so hard, <laughs> but it was definitely more my husband's idea not to find out. He was like, this will be fun. You know, the tiebreaker, we'll see what it is in the room. It'll be fun. <laughs> and I went to every appointment with my like supersonic hearing on. I was like, someone's going to say it's a he or a she. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And they didn't. Nobody ever did. Um, but so 
you know, that was an extra, extra layer of fun waiting to find out what, what that baby was going to be. But I had a nice, a nice first trimester other than feeling tired. Um, I was more nauseous with her than I ever was the previous two times, but thankfully I was not throwing up. I just didn't feel great. Um, and then again, you know, second trimester, I felt better. I had more energy. Um, I will say, and I'm sure you have, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but every pregnancy, it felt like physically much harder to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like your body hurts a little more yeah. every time. And my OB, I remember being somewhere in the 20 week, 20s week range saying, I was like, everything hurts. And she was like, yeah, you know, every pregnancy, you basically pick back up where you left off with the last one. <laughs> so it does, it's a lot of wear and tear on your body. Um, but so other than physically being a little more uncomfortable, you know, things were okay. And again, with this, this pregnancy, um, no high blood pressure, no significant issues of any kind. We were very lucky that, that everything was good. I did towards the end have high amniotic fluid. So mm-hmm. I, you know, they were like doing more frequent ultrasounds for that, but everything looked fine. Everything ended up, you know, working out fine for that baby, um, throughout that pregnancy also. Mm-hmm. So did you go into labor early again? Yes. So this one, again, it's COVID, you know, we were, my, my whole pregnancy, my mom was like, we were like checking the website to see what the visiting policies were. Cause like, could you have one person or two people? Mm-hmm. Um, the hospital ended up having, it, it ended up being that they would allow you to have one support person and you could have a doula. <laughs> So my yeah. mother was, my mother was like, I'm going to become a doula. <laughs> and she did, she didn't, but she was like joking that she was going to become a doula so that she could come. Um, and it ended up, like I said, we're, we're neighbors with my parents. And so I was 38 weeks pregnant and my mother had been planning to get this dog. Um, she got a labradoodle and she took the dog home on July 1st and my daughter was born on July 2nd, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) so she got the dog on July 1st. We went over, we met the dog in the evening. The kids were like totally in love with the dog. So cute, whatever. Went home, went to sleep and my phone rings at like three in the morning and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And I answered the phone and it's my mom who's mind you like 55. She's not old. And she was like, I fell on the stairs and I can't get up. And I was like, what? She's like, I I was taking the dog out and I slipped and I fell and I can't get up. She's like, just send Brandon over to help me get up. And I was like, like in, you know, in the middle of the night in the fog, I was like, what? Okay. That's weird, but sure. (laughs) So I woke my husband up. He went next door and he called me and he's like, yeah, Kate, um, I can't just get her up. (laughs) Like she's stuck on the ground. So I went over, it's the middle of the night. She had fallen and hit her back on the stairs when she fell, like her, her foot slipped out from under her and we had to call an ambulance. They loaded her up into the rescue. It's like three 30 in the morning in the dark, in the rain, in my parents' driveway. And she's like, don't have that baby. 
don't have that baby today. And I was like, I'm holding her, her six her eight week old puppy. I was like, yeah, this would be a real crappy day to have the baby. And sure enough, you know, I went home. It's like 4.30 in the morning. I have her brand new puppy and our two kids are sleeping. And my husband's like, should I go to work today? I was like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should just stay home, but I don't want you to skip work if I'm going to go into labor tomorrow. Like, I don't know. So he left and seven o'clock in the morning, the kids come into the room and I stand up and my water breaks. Oh, (laughs) and I was like, are you kidding? This is the worst, like the worst time that this could happen. My husband's in Boston at work, like over an hour away. And I'm in my house with our two kids and a puppy and my babysitter is in the hospital with a broken back. Oh no. (laughs) So, and my, and my dad is with her in the hospital. So I was like, okay, you know, we'll just have to figure this one out. Like this is really, really crappy timing. Thanks. Thanks baby. Good, Mm -hmm. good, good, perfect timing. Um, But so we ended up getting someone over to watch the kids I went to the hospital and I, at this, you know, this is my third baby. Again, people tell you these things happen faster. So, you know, go right in. So I went right in. I got there at like, like my water broke at like seven in the morning. I got there at like eight 30 and nothing happens. Like nothing. Like not, I'm having like contractions that they're picking up on the monitor, but they were very, very mild, like not bothering me in the slightest. Um, I was dilated. I think I was like a four or a five at like when I got to the hospital, but I was really not having a whole lot of pain. Um, so they watched me for a while and at, you know, at some point they came in, the, the doctor came in and said, um, if things don't start to get moving on their own, you know, over the next couple of hours, would you be open to getting started on some Pitocin? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm just, I'm all, I'm all on board with, you know, getting the baby out. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what, whatever we need to do. Um, so they did end up starting me on Pitocin with that one. I walked, walked around on the, with the Pitocin until it was too uncomfortable to continue doing that. <laughs> and then I did again, get an epidural. Um, it's, it was interesting the the difference though, with like natural labor contractions to the Pitocin contractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause it, it's, it's hard to describe. I feel like it was like, so they were, they like, they hit you so hard, the Pitocin contractions. Yeah. But for me, like between contractions, there was like nothing. It was it like, whereas with my previous two labors, I felt like once the contractions really started kicking, like even in between contractions, I still was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, in the zone, like feeling like I needed to focus and pay attention. The Pitocin contractions, I felt like I had a really hard contraction and then I'd have a three minute break where I was like, okay, it feels like nothing's happening. <laughs> like It was weird. It was definitely a different definitely a much different experience having it happen that way. Um, but again, I, I, I went into the hospital and I told every nurse and doctor and resident and NP who came into the room, I was like, my last baby was OP and I pushed forever. And I feel like this baby is going to be doing the same thing. 
And they were like, mm. no, you know, probably not. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> and I was like, no, I just, I can, I'm telling you, the baby's going to be in the same position. Like, I can just feel it. And sure enough, <laughs> I pushed for an hour with my third. Oh, my goodness. And um, we had a we had a really nice nurse when I was in labor with her. Um, we ended up doing, like, again, she's, you know, I'm on my side, on my left side, on my right side, tilted here and there. The head was up. The head was down. She was moving, moving things all around to try and get the baby to, to move and spin and, um, she ended up setting up tug of war with the bar. It was, it was so strange, but my husband was, I remember like she was setting the whole thing up and my husband was like standing behind her and he's, he like had his eyebrow up looking at me like this lady's nuts. This is, <laughs> what is she doing? This doesn't seem right. Like he was looking at me like she was crazy. And, um, she like tied a sheet to the bar and handed me the sheet and he's just looking over her shoulder, like with his eyes wide, like, uh-huh, right lady, this is going to work. <laughs> and I pushed, I pushed one time and she was like, okay, stop, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> and they called the whole team in and that was, that was what did it. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I've seen, I've heard of that and I've seen pictures of that too. The tug of war pushing. <laughs> yeah. That's it was, cool it that was it works. So it was, yeah. it was really weird. And I, I, I mean, I knew like that that was a thing that happened. So I wasn't quite so surprised by it, but my husband was like, that was the weirdest thing what I've ever world? seen. <laughs> and yeah. like, where did that even come from? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> but, that's um, funny. You know, so this, this one was, was the surprise. And it was, again, you know, it was a little sad that my mom wasn't there and I was in the hospital calling her and updating her while she was in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> having having her broken back taken Aww. care of and so it was it was sad that she wasn't able to be there but you know the baby came out the doctor picked her up and said look and I was like oh my god it's a girl like Aww. which was which was a very fun very fun thing we were yeah. down to the down all the way down to the very end back and forth like is it a boy is it a girl Who's, who's, what side are you on? <laughs> so I think at, at the end, my husband ended up thinking that it was a boy and I said it was a girl. So, <laughs> but I really didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I love the surprise, the surprise gender. It's like, we've done it twice now and I'm like, oh, it's so fun to like, have that moment of like, what is it? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after all that hard work and you know, you, the baby finally comes out and then it's like. Oh, it just, it's like the icing on the cake. You know, you get yeah. a baby, but you also get to like, who are you? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You get yeah. to have that fun, that fun surprise, that fun mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. I love it. Yep. So did we have another lip tie? <laughs> so yes, we had a, she had a tongue and a lip tie again, same as my second. Like, I just feel like every, every pregnancy and birth and postpartum you gain, knowledge and experience yes. and so you're like in a you're just in a better or for me anyways I felt like every baby I have had has put me in a better headspace to do it yep. <laughs> um so she was born and again I remember like being in the in the the, the labor and delivery room and feeding her for the first time and going okay yep that that's got that same feeling that I remember mm -hmm. um and you know I didn't even bother to talk to my 
doctors or nurses about it because I was like, I know what it is and I don't need you to tell me that it's not a big deal. I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so again, she was, she was probably like two weeks old when I got her to the dentist and had the, had the laser procedures done and the least, the least amount of damage and difficulty at that point for sure. Um, mm. And she was just the like most relaxed baby ever. Mm. It was very, it was very interesting. They're, they're also, it's all interesting to, to like look at them as infants. I feel like they're born kind of like with the personality, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was like the most laid back baby. Like she was born and she like, she like cried like three times and then she just looked around. <laughs> real yeah. real quiet and like I, day day two in the hospital I remember the nurse was like she's gonna wake up and I was like mm, I don't know took her home and she's honestly like just been just been the most laid-back kid um <laughs> but it was it was definitely a, a really nice postpartum postpartum period with her um like I said I don't know if it's just the experience that makes you feel more like settled and at ease um or if it was the fact that she was such a laid back baby, but yeah. she came home and she just, she just slid right into our everyday, you know, activities. And it was like, oh, there's another kid here. <laughs> she, she really didn't upset things hardly at all. It was, wow. it was really nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because I've heard a lot of people say that the third is the hardest adjustment and that was true for myself but I love that your third was not like that <laughs> yeah no it was it was I was like ready for it because like you said you have people who tell you that and it was just it was just not it was so mm. so smooth um That's she awesome. was so our kids were two and four when she was born and my son again I think I don't know if it's a boy thing but she came home and he was like oh cool a baby you know she's she's cute whatever like you know I like her she's fine we can keep her but my daughter was like obsessed with her obsessed with her she was like this is my baby and I want to hold her and I want to love her and yeah. you know so it was just it was bliss everybody was very happy <laughs> I love it that's awesome yeah yeah so now I'm curious, since your husband was on the fence of having a third, how did a yeah. third come about? <laughs> so, you know, she was, she was such a nice baby, such an easy baby that I really feel like she kind of, she, like, had she been a really difficult baby, I think that that would have been an immediate, the end for us. Mm. Um, but she was just, just the most easy laid back baby, just the happiest kid you'll ever meet. And so we, we didn't really talk about it like seriously. Um, I had talked to so many people who were like, you know, you know, when you're done, like, like people who I knew who were done having babies and they would say like, oh, I knew that was it. Like mm -hmm. I knew that was it. I knew we were done. And I didn't feel that way after my first, I didn't feel that way after my second. I didn't even feel like that after she was born. I was like, yeah, I mean, three kids is a lot of kids, but I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just very much up in the air. And so I didn't want to pester my husband. We didn't talk about it a whole lot other than to say, like, well, 
we'll talk about it when she gets to be a year old. We will have like a more permanent conversation, like a more definite and permanent conversation when she gets to be about a year old. And I felt good about that. I was like, okay, you know, totally reasonable. I felt like at this point our hands were pretty full. So I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we want another one. Um, And then, (laughs) um, you know, life happens. So we were, she was nine months old and we were like getting ready to take our, our son to hockey practice. And I was like, walked by a calendar and I was like, oh my God, what, what's the date today? Hold on a second. Like I had just gotten my period. I'd had my period back for like maybe three months. And I've always, even even like getting my periods back after my previous kids, like they come back and then I have them every 28 days. Like they were always so, so regular. And I like, like I said, like looked at the calendar and I was like, hold on, hold on one second. (laughs) And so we went to hockey practice and got a pregnancy test and got home. And sure enough, wow, (laughs) I, me, me and my husband both in the bathroom. I like, we like took, I took the test and I put it on the counter and we flipped it over and then we like looked at it together and I just looked at him and it's funny because like you said, I felt like I had to browbeat him into having a third one. Like it took such a long time, to, <laughs> but like it took such a long time to convince him that we should try for a third that in that moment I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, Oh my God. And I looked at him and I was like about to throw up. Like I was like, so sick to my stomach just like oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) and he's like it's fine we'll be fine we can have another one and I was like what (laughs) why aren't you the one who's freaking out (laughs) right (laughs) because I thought for sure you were gonna freak out and he was like no I mean we we already have these three like we'll be all right it's fine that's one more right (laughs) yeah exactly what what's that point yeah, he was like, we're, you know, we're already outnumbered. We'll be fine. We like, we love babies. We'll be fine. And I was like, yeah, we will. Or, really? <laughs> I was like on the verge of tears. Like, yeah, are you sure we'll be fine? Because I feel like we might not be fine. And he was like, no, nope, it's good. We're going to be fine. <laughs> so, so he definitely, um, he took it probably better than I did, I think, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I feel like accident, like, it sounds like a bad thing, but it's, you know, that's just life. We just, mm-hmm. he was, he was a, a happy surprise. Yes. <laughs> this, 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 this baby was a happy surprise. We maybe didn't know we needed him, but we did. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, I think babies are the best kind of surprise. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I do like vividly remember in the moment when I remember being pregnant with the third people would see you being a pregnant person. And if they saw you, if they saw me with my two other kids, it was, Oh man, you're going to be busy. Your hands are going to be full. And if they saw my pregnant belly without my other kids, it was always, Oh, is it your first? Oh, is it your second? (laughs) And I remember being, no, it's my third. And then being like, Oh, so what do you have at home? Two boys? two girls like as oh. if that's the only reason <laughs> yeah right. to continue having babies oh my gosh and so I remember that being so annoying with my third pregnancy yeah. that when I found out we were pregnant with a fourth I was like people are gonna be like 
people are going to be how they're going to be and it's going to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, sure enough, they did not disappoint. <laughs> the the general the general public, I would say, you know, of people who say, "Oh, is it your first? No, it's my fourth. And they look at you like, "What?" why like what Uh, are you kidding um i just don't get that like some people want to have a bigger family like what's wrong with that yeah (laughs) it might not be everybody's choice but i mean there are some people out there that like might legitimately want 10 kids right (laughs) let them do it you know (laughs) right like i mean it's it's we know how this happens at this point (laughs) right (laughs) it's it's not like we maybe didn't plan for him, but obviously we didn't definitely plan not to have him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I, when you said we know how this happens, like that's like my quote unquote favorite sarcastically, like the thing that people like to say, like, do you know how this happens? Like, no, would you like to give me a yeah, lesson? And right. tell me how this happens. I would like, <laughs> of course an I know how this lesson. happens. Right? Yeah. Right. But <laughs> oh, that's um, ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. It, it and I remember it was, with with my work in the hospital, you know, I get a four or five patient assignment every day I go in and I have a different four or five patient assignment every time, every single day I work. So every single day I worked, I would have to have that conversation oh, like man. four, four or five <laughs> oh, times. That's horrible. And my husband was like, I remember talking to him about it at one point and I was just like, you know, I just get so sick of it. And he was like, people aren't really like that. They don't really say things like that to you, do they? And I was like, yeah, they really, really do. And I was like, what do people say to you when you tell them that your wife is having your fourth baby? And he was like, congrats. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They say congratulations and we move on. Like they don't care. Wow. And, um, we went, ended up going out to breakfast one day and he was there. My it was my husband, and we had all the kids, and I was pregnant. And this the um the waitress said like on like one of her many visits back to the table was like, "Gosh, so all these kids are yours?" <laughs> I was like, "Yep, <laughs> yeah, they are." And um, you know, and she was like, "So that's that's your fourth, yeah." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Wow, she, you guys, good for you. You guys are nuts." <laughs> and like she Thanks. walked away she walked away and my husband was like well, how are you how are we supposed to respond to that and I was like this right? is what I do this is what I do every day mm-hmm. every day wow. I, I deal with people who say things like do you know how this happens are you crazy do you have three boys <laughs> mm. yeah it, it's something it's, it's always been um, interesting to me how other people feel like they should say anything Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to, to yep. you about your family planning and your, you know, your family practice. Yeah. yeah. I actually heard someone who, I think she had lost, um, a, a child when they were a couple years old, but she said that she, you know, she has other kids and she said when people in the store like say, wow, you have your hands full. She says, you don't know how full I really wish that they were. And I was just like, man, you know, because, like, especially us as lost moms, like, we would give anything to have that other baby, too, in our family, you know? Like, we wouldn't trade any of our babies, and we would want that one baby that we we lost, you know? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate that the world kind of 
has that viewpoint of right like that you should have two kids you should have two kids and then you should be done you should have a boy and a girl and then you should be done you know like people have a hard time wrapping their heads around the fact that you might want to have three or four kids yeah or more (laughs) yeah or more yeah yeah, all, have all the kids you want. Like you said, babies yeah, right? are the best. Babies are the yeah. best surprises. They're such a blessing. To yes, totally. Absolutely. Ugh. But anyway, so um, how did this this labor go with the forest? So this one was definitely my fastest. Um, he, I ended up switching hospitals for this. Uh, you know, OBs and hospitals for this baby just because the, the hospital we were at before, like I said, it was strictly, um, you know, women and infants, mothers and babies. And it felt very much like a baby factory, <laughs> like that you just mm-hmm. get pushed, you get pushed through the assembly line. Um, and so I had a new OB and a di- I was delivering at the hospital that I actually work at. Um, so he, this baby, I needed to know, like, as soon as we found out that we were pregnant and I had like, you know, processed that fully, I was like, my husband said, we should, you know, should we see, have this one be a surprise baby? And I was like, no, I need to know. <laughs> I need to know if this is a boy or a girl. And so we did know it was a boy. Um, but this was my, my fourth was my longest pregnancy. Um, Prior to my son was 37 weeks and the two girls were both in the 38 week range. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just like my whole pregnancy, I had a, I had the due date and then I was in my head, never going to be pregnant (laughs) past a certain point. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no way I'll be pregnant at 39, you know, 39 weeks. And I, he was 39 and 39 weeks and one day. <laughs> so, you know, physically yeah. the pregnancies, like, like your body, you're just tired and you're big. And every week, like 37, 38, I would go to my doctor's appointments and be like, this is it. <laughs> like, I'm not coming back again. <laughs> I'm going to have this baby and nothing's happening, you know, like mm-hmm. totally comfy in there. He was, he was just happy to be there. Um, and so I had my 39 week appointment on the day he was born and I went in the morning, I think it was like a nine o'clock appointment. And in the office, she was like, yeah, you're, um, we can check you if you want. And I was like, yeah, go right ahead and do that. Um, and she was like, yeah, you're like four centimeters dilated. And I was like, that's great. Like we're, we're getting there. Maybe something will happen. Um, and I left and. I don't know. I, f- I forget. I went to Target. I did a couple of things and I was like, am I, cr- am I crampy or am I just uncomfortable? I don't know. So I went home and I like laid down for a little while. I was waiting for my husband to get home from work and I had to go get my son from the bus stop. So his bus gets there at like three forty-five, and I drove there and I was like, am I uncomfortable? Like, again, like I said, I never really was like super sure I was like, I don't know, like, am I just crampy or do I just not feel good? Cause I'm so, you know, huge and pregnant. Um, and I was on my way home from the bus stop and I had like what I had a contraction that was like, oh, okay, no, that was, that was painful. Like that for sure was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from that point forward, I started to sort of time them 
And I was like, yeah, I'm having contractions like every like four minutes. I feel like it's time to go. Um, so my mom came over me and my husband went to the hospital and it was, like I said, it this, I was like, I, this is moving along. Like I'm feeling more uncomfortable over the course of just like 15, 20 minutes. Um, and so I got to the hospital, I walked myself up to the labor and delivery floor while my husband parked the car and the secretary was so sweet. She's like making small talk and scanning my car, my insurance card and, she was trying to make small talk with me. And I was like, I think I want an epidural. <laughs> and she was like, what? And I was like, I just, I feel like, I was like, I'm really not trying to be rude, but can we just like, we'll talk later. <laughs> and um, so they, they get me into a room and they were like, oh, geez, okay, fine. Like, if you think you need an epidural, we'll, we'll get things moving. And the doctor came in and he's like, yeah, you're like eight centimeters. And I was like, no, that epidural, like now. <laughs> and so thankfully... Um, it all happened like over the course of an hour, I got admitted, I got my epidural, um, got, was made to be very comfortable. And then I just waited until it was time to go. And it was, um, it was nice. I'm telling you, I loved my epidurals. I had great experiences <laughs> with, with those epidurals. Oh, um, that's good. but again, with this baby, I was like, and, you know, telling every nurse and doctor who came in, I was like, he's definitely in the same position <laughs> that my other two were in. He's definitely facing straight up. And they were like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. And I was like, no, he is. I'm telling you he is. Um, like I could feel in my stomach, I could feel kicking from all four wow. limbs. And for like the whole, for the entire end of the pregnancy, when they get real cramped in there, I always was like, I swear I can feel one arm, two arm, one arm, one leg. Like I could feel all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got, you know, got to be very comfortable in the hospital. And fortunately I only ended up pushing with him for about 15 minutes. Oh, um, that's nice. <laughs> yes. Thankfully, but I was pushing and my husband was there and my mother was there and the, like the staffs, like, you know, like every time I pushed, like the one more person walked into the room and I was like, what is happening here? Why? Like what, what's going on? And of course I'm like spinning, spinning in my head, like something's going wrong. Like let's, ugh. <laughs> is he moving? Why are there people in here? Um, and the OB came in and he was like, you know, his heart rate is dropping he, he like every time you push his heart rate is dropping but he seems to be rebounding so we'll watch him but we really need to get him out um mm -hmm. and like i said so thank god it only took 15 minutes but it was a long 15 minutes yeah. um and when he was born he came out and his umbilical cord had two knots in it so wow. so every time i was pushing and the cord was pulling like tighter that his you know the blood supply was getting cut off because the cord was getting pulled. And so it was, it was definitely a, a tense delivery. Um, mm -hmm. but fortunately it all worked out very well. Wow. And I can say for sure, having had the full range of the, the, the really hard hour and a half of pushing and tearing and the whole thing to a 15 minute push with a tiny little tear like physically afterwards, I, I was like, this is just great. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a tiny bit sore, but I'm okay. You know, it was, it makes a big difference on your body. Yeah, totally. Oh, that recovery after like 
not a lot of tearing is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's wild how how yeah. much different how much how different it feels for your body. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. So how was your postpartum this time? And did we have another tie? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. it, it was good. Um, again, I just, I, every pregnancy, labor delivery and newborn, I just feel like I've felt more at ease with it, you know, like mm-hmm. that I know what I'm doing. Um, and he has been the best breastfeeder of the four of them for sure. Oh, good. Um, he de- he does have a tongue tie. I had him evaluated just because like I I have like PTSD about the the, the previous ones. Um mm-hmm. so I had him evaluated by the same dentist who did the other girls and he looked, you know, he evaluated his mouth and he was like he definitely has a tongue tie, but this baby eats. <laughs> and yeah. you know, he this is the only um breastfeeding journey I've had where I did not end up with damage to my nipples, which again makes a huge difference in how things feel moving forward. Like Mm -hmm. I was a little bit sore and uncomfortable, but this is the only baby that didn't give me blistered bleeding nipples. And he, he does have a tongue tie, but we didn't even treat it because symptomatically, um, you know, I felt good. He was gaining weight really well. So they were like, you know, we pretty much only treat tongue ties when we have a goal and he's gaining weight and you're comfortable. So what would our goal be? Yeah. And and so he, he has one. Yeah, he has Mm -hmm. one, but they, they didn't want to treat it. Um, Mm -hmm. which was nice. My husband was like, they're going to want to treat it for sure. You know, they just, they like to make their money. And, and we went, (laughs) we went and he was like, no, I mean, I can see it. He definitely has one. If you develop any issues moving forward, come back. But at this point, mm-hmm. he was like, I wouldn't do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love it when there's, you know, you know, there's a time and a place for intervention. And I love when, you know, the perf- like the professionals in that field, the medical professionals, are like, no, you know, yeah. it's it's not needed at this time. So I, yeah. I just let you know, because I just feel like, things are kind of meant to be a certain way and like, you know, sometimes things need to be fixed and sometimes they don't. And yeah, some, yeah. So I just feel like when there, there's an opportunity for an intervention and it's not actually needed, then it's kind of like, okay, this isn't just like a money-making business. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, the way that things are, you definitely get that mindset sometimes where you're like, people are trying to make, you know, they're trying to bill your insurance and get money out of Uh you and, and you get that feeling about it, but then, you know, not always, it's not all of them. Yeah. yeah. And then it just kind of helps you to, I guess, even trust them more. Not that it matters, but yeah, right. Uh, yep. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the littlest one, he's just, he just turned 11 weeks old yesterday. Aww. So wow. he's still, he's still very little. Um, yeah. and it's going, it's going well, I would say all in all, um, like I said, I think that they're all just born with the, like, you can sort of get a feel for what their personality is going to be, I think, pretty early on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a loud baby, you know? He yeah. he likes to let you know when he wants or needs something. And if you're not prompt about meeting his needs, he, he tells you. So <laughs> it's yeah. it's still a still an ongoing, ongoing, you know, period at this point. But 
things are all in all going well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I didn't realize you were still so fresh postpartum. So yeah, thanks for yeah, no. coming on and sharing your story because your oh. stories because I know that, you know, when they're still so little, it can be hard to get that time. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm sure, sure you heard mine in the in the background when we first started. I had yeah my daughter come get him when he calmed down, but yeah, like, yeah no. Like I said, it's it's I'm very very fortunate to have a very supportive husband and um you know family. So mm-hmm. we it's it's all been going pretty well. Good, awesome. And it's so, this is um, it's the closest a- the closest of the two the closest babies that we've had age wise is this mm-hmm. this one and our third. Um, she was our third was eighteen months old when this one was born, so yeah. she's still very much, you know, needy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and she's still very much a baby. Yeah, yeah. I have I have a seventeen month apart mm-hmm. couple, and yeah. It's, it's a lot, but oh my word now, like where the, the, so she's three and he's two and they're just getting to the point where it doesn't feel so chaotic and like they fight and stuff, but like they play so good together and like they're little besties and I'm just like, this made it worth it. Like this is why I wanted to have kids this close because it it was hard for a good long while, but now it's. Yeah, it's, I'm seeing like the reward of it and I'm like, oh, I love it so much. Yeah, I can totally see that because I feel like our first two, our first two who are two years apart, they're like a little match set. Like, I mean, like you said, they fight and they, they're, it's not always, you know, sunshine and roses, but like for the Mm -hmm. most part, they're like off doing things together and playing and they get along super well for the most part. And when, while I was pregnant with our fourth, and the third was like getting more mobile and into things. I would just like watch her trying to keep up with them. <laughs> and like, you know, they'd be like shutting baby gates in her face. Like she's going to knock our stuff down. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, she's going to ruin our Play-Doh. And I was like, don't worry. You're going to get it. You're going to get a little buddy soon. Like I was just like, now, now I have two little pairs and it'll just be, yeah, <laughs> they'll, be they'll all, they'll all have someone their speed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. So uh, your hospital experiences sounded like your birth experiences. I mean, sound like they were pretty good. You didn't feel like you ever were left with any sort of negative um, thoughts or or anything regarding your births, and you feel like they were all pretty positive and empowering. Yeah, I mean, I would say all in all that my pregnancies and deliveries and postpartum's all in all, I would say they were all very positive and things for the most part, you know, went as good as I could have expected for them to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me, a lot of it, like, like I said, I, I think you get into your own head a little bit and it's easy to sort of worry your way into a bad headspace about things. Um, and you just have to, you know, let go of those negative feelings and what's going to happen is going to happen whether you worry about it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you set yourself up for positive things to happen by trying to think more positively about things. And so that's, you know, even with, even moving forward into parenthood and motherhood, you just gotta kind of let things go. You need to take a deep breath and things will be what they will be, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Plan for 
for your birth and, you know, educate yourself and, you know, also hold it with open hands because it doesn't always go as planned. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, and yep, I think that's you've... the key to having, like, a positive birth because when you're, like, married to an idea that, like, I, I want my birth to go this way and, you know, all this stuff, like, some that can seriously set us up for some disappointment. I know I've been there and, right. you know, obviously there's, there's going to be times of, you know, emergency and that's mm-hmm. going to equal trauma or whatever. But, yeah, um, but yeah, to, to, yep. um, have a plan, but be open-minded at the same time is, is really important. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, birth. that's, <laughs> I think that that's sort of how I went into all of my pregnancies, labors, deliveries was, I would like for these things to happen, but ultimately I would like to have a healthy baby come out. Yeah. So however that has yep. to happen, you know, let it let it be what it will be and just trust the people who are taking care of you. I mean, I, I always knew that I did not have the uh <laughs> the personality to have like a home birth or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I I worry I worry too much for that to have been something yeah. that would have ever been in the cards for me. But mm-hmm. you know, trusting the people who are around you, the people who are taking care of you and just going going with the flow. That's, you know, that's, that's pregnancy. That's, that's labor and delivery. That's motherhood <laughs> going with yeah, the flow. Totally. Yep. 100%. <laughs> yep. Uh, so mm-hmm. did you have any resources that you use to help you prepare for your births? Um, not really. I, I briefly looked into the, the spinning babies, um, after my second was born, because like I said, I was convinced that my third and then my fourth were going to be OP also. Um, but I, it did not, it did not prove to be uh, effective for me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that that would be the case for everyone, but yeah. um, no. And then after, after I had my first and the epidural with my first, I, I, pr- I was pretty much sure that that was my plan moving forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that you had good experiences. <laughs> That's a yes. blessing. Yes. Mm, so we if were you very were gonna fortunate. give Yeah, so if you were gonna give um one piece of advice to a first time mom going into her first labor, what's something that you feel like is a must have when when going into that first circumstance? Probably a supportive person whoever that's going to be for you and that they know how to support you properly. Um, my husband and I, when I, when our first was born, we had been married for like a year, um, which is, you know, not, not all that long. And it was very, very helpful for me that he knew what to do for me. Um, when I was in pain and I was uncomfortable, like, he was there. He was giving me the presence that I needed. He was with me, but he wasn't overwhelming me. He was, you know, sort of just keeping me steady. Um, and I mean, I could have done, I could have done it without an epidural, but I couldn't have done it without him, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so whoever, that. whoever that person has to be for you, if it's your mom, your friend, your sister, your husband, whoever it is, I, I mean, it's definitely important to have somebody with you who can steady you and support you the way you need to be supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Cool. Well, do you have anything else you want to add or? You I don't think up? so. I don't think so. Okay, cool. 
Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your stories. And again, I'm so glad that you can look back at your births with positive memories. And that's such a blessing because not everyone gets that. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank and you so much for having me. I'm glad to have shared. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.